Okay. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on Rock Metal Podcast, we have Roderick, and they've just been releasing some banging new singles. We're going to be chatting with Jake here about these singles and what the band has got coming up, and maybe a few other cool tricks up our sleeve. We're both wearing long sleeves, so we have some tricks up. We, are. we do, yeah. Mine are rolled up, but there's... Yeah. I bet you up up there, but thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, thanks for coming on. Of course, anytime. And then until I can be cool like Jake, I'm rolling up my sleeves. You gotta roll it up. That's right. I don't see is this is some uh, this is some uh, demoed out merch that we got working on right now. It's it's a it's a prototype, but you know we don't know we don't know yet. We're we're working on it. Okay, is just a long sleeve shirt or is there a hood on that? No, this is actually um, a crew neck. Oh, yeah, midsummer. I'm really, I'm really pushing the merch right now. The possibility of merch. It's not even out yet. <laughs> midsummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> merch is merch is important. You know, somebody actually recently asked if I have merch for the podcast, and I said no. Does anybody want merch? Should I do that? You probably should, honestly. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I'd start by getting either a shirt I could wear. And or a mug, so that when I go like this, it just you see the mug. Mugs are good. That's a good idea. You should do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Should. Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> oh, I'll know. No, I yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Are you, you want to talk about the song? I would love <laughs> to talk about the song. So Mike originally sent me "You'll Never Know," in which case I then did a, a little bit of sleuthing, which didn't take me long, uh, but I came across <laughs> "Save Me." So. I guess since that was the important song, because you guys hired Mike for that. (laughs) Well, no, Um, I guess you could say that, but, but no, we, uh, we did have a publicist for save me as well, but, um, I guess they just never reached out to you. (laughs) Maybe let me find out. I'll do some research while you you chat with me. We'll chat with me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's solidify that information. (laughs) Yeah. But you'll never know. That is, uh, that's our new song. Um, it's uh, it's been a long time in the making. We wrote it like just before the pandemic happened, um, and then of course life got shut down and uh, the song got pushed a bit. So here we are, mm-hmm. right where we needed to be. And no, nobody ever reached out to me about save me. So it's a good thing you fired them and you hired Mike. <laughs> I, I think we just <laughs> the campaign end, but yeah, yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, is that the same thing with Save Me? It started before the pandemic, and then... Uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Save Me was written in, oh man, like late 2018, actually, I think. We're, we're a bit behind. We, we, we're, like, we're like squirrels. Like We hoard our songs, and then when we feel like they're ready, they go out. Mm-hmm. That's how we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like instead of a feather, maybe you should have like a squirrel with like really big cheeks. We should. I don't know how it it would it would fit the brand now that I mentioned it, but I'm I'm you know what I'm gonna work on it right after this. Cool. Yeah, I I dig it. Uh, And also, absolutely nuts. So that that's that also works for us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Could do all the nut jokes. That'd be fantastic. Absolutely, they never end. Mm -mm. Uh, Okay, so you wrote the song 2018. Holding on to it for a little bit. I mean, that kind of begs the question of what were you holding on for? 
Oh, this is a long. This is a long question here. All right, so <laughs> I used to be in an band called Approaching Troy back uh, for several years. Um, as I mentioned, I believe off air before, uh, we made a lot of mistakes, but we did write music that we felt was, um, you know, different for us and different for the scene at the time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really pushed myself to do an album. Things happened where we just, like, couldn't do it anymore. Like, some label intervention, which might explain the other answer before that we were talking about labels. But, um, yeah, uh, we so we had to basically disband, start over, get a new lineup. And, uh, yeah, that was actually written for my old band. And uh, here we are with it as Roderick's first single. So that's why it was held for so long. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. A, like a tantric orgasm, Jake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it feel, <laughs> does it feel weird that it was written for a previous band? You went through all this stuff. And oddly enough, the track called Save Me was saved through all of that and is now being released as the first single of the new band? Okay. Um I want to say yes, but the reason why the answer is no to that is because I, f- I feel like the lyrics are even more relevant to me today than they were when they were written. So it's it's almost like it was like pre pre like guessing where my life was going to go and how deep of a dark hole it was going to go down and like 2018 Jake could not relate to that song nearly as much as 2020 2021 Jake can. So it's it's almost like it predates the meaning, but it means more now that it's come out. How did you write it then? So I've always had, um, incredible genius. No, no more. So, (laughs) um, I've always had like those, I mean the song. So I guess I'll just say like the song is about like those like negative thoughts that you get that like kind of just like wake you up in the middle of the night or just kind of like, you know, like, Like, you're not going to be able to do this. Why are you continuing to do this music career? You know, why don't you just settle down? Why don't you just, like, figure out your life and stop trying to be this person? And, you know, these, like, really negative thoughts that just, like, suck. And, like, Uh they were were prevalent then because of a lot of situations I was in with, like, family and, you know, where my life was headed and stuff like that. But after... um, the whole label situation and we just couldn't really do anything at all it was like well i left all of those things in my life for music and now i can't even do that which sucks so the the reasonings behind that were still there it just it just tenfold after the situations that happened i hate to be so vague that i know it's it sucks because it's a podcast but like i just it's a part (laughs) talking about because it was so dark um you know which i guess makes sense with the song yeah so yeah and then it got reimagined featuring matt weiss so take us through that okay so um that was one of those things where it kind of just happened um the song has a piano in it uh it's not very prevalent but it's it's an a, a pivotal part 
So it's not like there's not a ton of it, but it's a huge part of what makes up the song. Um, so I was kind of just messing around with it one day and uh, it it sounded really cool as a piano ballad. And it just took off from there. And uh, it kind of just fell into the whole branding that we wanted to go for and establish as Roderick of not this one trick pony that can just do rock songs or can just do, you know, whatever. We kind of want to show people that, you know, we are serious about our writing and we are serious about like, you know, our direction and, and that you're never, you're hopefully never going to hear the same song from us twice. And this is a very early example of that. And I will not confirm or deny that there will be a uh, reimagined version of You'll Never Know as well. To everybody out there, at the time of this airing, if you're listening on the mm-hmm. website, rockmetalpodcast.ca, you're listening on YouTube, you're watching on YouTube, you're listening Spotify, Apple Music, you'll never know. Okay. <laughs> so... I- I love it. Keep going with it, please. Because yeah. I like it. I'm it too. <laughs> cool. Uh, one thing I want to point out is in the music video for the reimagined version to save me, your long sleeve shirt, you, your sleeves are down. They're not rolled up. That's just one They're of them. not. A lot of tricks up there. Yeah. Gotta, gotta keep it close to your chest. A couple of S. Yeah. Now, you mentioned there's a piano in the song. You can't really notice it. You kind of mix down low, I guess, in the original right. mix. Comes in at a pivotal point because piano sounds so deep and emotional, right? Uh, but you said you, you guys reimagined it as a piano ballad, so that makes me ask: Is it a guitar song or is it a piano song? And just in the final mix, the piano got really low. Like, what what instrument was it written on? Um, kind of both. Uh, so the the piano part. There is a piano part that goes through the entire song. It doesn't really sound much like a piano because it's really affected and really distorted and verbed out. But it, it's a uh, it's that part that goes ding, ding, that that's a piano. So it's like it's kind of like the song wouldn't be the same song without it, which is so silly because it's such a minor part. But um, but yeah, I mean there there does there does appear more piano later in the song, but it's uh. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess if I had to pick one, it would be a guitar song because, you know, it just wouldn't I don't think it would be the same energy if it didn't have the guitars. Mm-hmm. No. So no. I think, it, I think well, just a little bit more water on that one. OK, cool. Something else you mentioned mentioned quite a few things, actually. Um, mistakes that bands make. And I know in our pre-roll, we had chatted a little bit about. Uh, music business stuff, bands doing things wrong. Um, we chat a little bit about labels. So mm-hmm. it sounds like this is kind of a loaded question, but my goal is to ask the least amount of questions to get the maximum amount of answers. So, okay. <laughs> oh no, I let the cat out of the bag. Save me. So, <laughs> well, I'll never know. So that's, that's true. Uh, yeah. Unless we reimagine it now. <laughs> What are some of the mistakes that you think all bands make, or at least the ones that are really just like, if you keep making that mistake, you're never going to make it. No matter how hard you work, you're making this mistake. You're never going to get to where it is that you think you're going. So, so what, what, um, what mistake is that? There's so many and it's not, I'm not trying to shit on. Sorry. I don't know if I can curse. But um, you just did. I'm not. I know. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm not 
like poo poo anyone, but um, <laughs> all, we're all young. Musicians start young, you know. Like that's 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 like the name of the game. And those who take it serious and those who typically tend to go somewhere with it do start young. So of course you're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, I've made my fair share, for sure. Um, I think. I think I have to say I, my, the same answer we, we spoke about in our pre-roll is you just gotta you gotta take your stuff seriously. Like if you're gonna record a song and you love that song, chances are other people are gonna love it. So why not put out the best version of that song? Like you, if if you had a child, you would want the best for them, right? So why put out a song or, or a version of the song that's recorded or mixed or mastered poorly? Put your best foot forward is basically what I'm saying. And that's that's the most important thing. And that doesn't mean you have to spend thousands of dollars. It just means do your research, find someone who you think is capable or you know is capable of doing a really great job with your song. You don't need to go to a billion-dollar studio, but, you know, find someone who knows what they're doing. And that's that's the most important thing is, is just put your best foot forward. Find someone who's going to take great pictures for you. You know, just put out quality content because that that kind of reflects you as an artist, and it reflect everything you put out reflects as you you as an artist. That's what I'm getting at. Everything from your photos to your album art, it's just that's the first thing people see, especially in a world where COVID is going on and you can't play shows for a while. That's what people see. They judge you upon everything. So if you take it serious and you put out great stuff. They'll take it more serious and better chances of them looking at what you're what you're putting out with your music. That's, That's right. Big... I wish so, I had an extra, I wish I had an extra microphone kicking around just so I could drop it. <clears throat> <laughs> I got one. Good, no, good. That's... Drop an S <laughs> drop an SM fifty seven. It can take it. If it's a Neumann U eighty seven, don't do it. I don't think I have a fifty seven with me, but I do have one. You gotta have one. That's a good. That's a good mic to have with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's solely to drop. Yeah, you could yeah. Do, you could even repair your your tour van with an SM57. They're great. Yep, sweet. <laughs> so the best way I'd heard it to add to what you're saying, uh, I I'll never forget. I was chatting with Breaking Benjamin, and I said, "How did you guys do it? Are you did, did are you guys like the N sync of of hard rock and metal? Did somebody come in and produce you?" And I said, "No, that was all us from the beginning to the end of the last record right. you've heard." We had our ducks in a row, and I've always stuck with that. Have so, your yeah, have your ducks in a row and execute in that row. So get everything in a row, make sure you're ready to go, and then just duck one, duck two, duck three, duck four. Right. And so what I find bands doing is trying to circumvent putting their ducks in a row by skipping ducks, not getting ducks. Right. Trying to go cheap on certain ducks that they shouldn't go cheap on. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's a process to putting out music, and it's not just dump it out to the world. And and maybe if all of your ducks are together, maybe you can do it in a shorter span. But don't once as soon as you finish a song, don't plan to release it until you have everything else set up for it. You know, that's why we hoard them because yeah. we it's a long time to get our ducks in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I love using because uh, the internet is kind of. Uh, taken away the chipmunk or the squirrel mm -hmm. because everybody has access to to boast themselves on the internet. So as soon as they haven't even recorded the song yet, they're like, guess what we're doing? And like, 
Yeah. Nobody cares. Um, but yeah. go back in the day before the internet, you actually had to plan out your entire studio DVD or VHS tape, record all of it while yeah. recording the album. Then as part of the promotion cycle for the album, you had to plan all of it out so that it would all, you know, because there was no internet to just be like, Oh, guess what we're doing. Right. Yeah. No, you're so right. And that's my God. I can't imagine having that many ducks to put in a row. <laughs> like there, it's already a, a feat now, but it, geez, I can't imagine having to plan out a whole documentary with it. And no, I know. So, so like, for, I mean, I yeah, because uh, it's the 30th anniversary. It's on my mind. The Black Album. Can you imagine planning out the entire Metallica Black Album plus the year and a half in the life of Metallica where they had documented the whole thing before no. the before the Internet? No. And, and that would be that would be thankfully something I probably will never have to experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If I <laughs> the ability, if I had the clout <laughs> to do something like that, I would absolutely do it. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm someone who loves to just do something that seems like it's a challenge. I, I like to take challenges on. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, I get bored. So, for example, the reimagined version of Save Me. You know, it's like it's a, it was a challenge. It was a challenge to figure out how do we capture the same essence. So for me, like, you know, I'd be down to do it if, if it, if it was an option, but right now I can't imagine doing that on top of everything else we're doing. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. It's also one of my favorite examples when bands go, man, how do we market ourselves without the internet? And I'm like, I don't know. How did Metallica sell the black album in 1991? Yeah, absolutely. All those same channels still exist today. They do. Absolutely. Guerrilla marketing is still probably the number one thing that you can do for your for your music. Yep. Boom. And then you're a music business major. We should probably have you back on the show and just chat about music business stuff. I would. You have no idea. It's my second. <laughs> I would have I would love nothing more because every time I talk about it with someone else, they're like, I don't care. Right. I don't care music business experience or like i'd rather know more about the band right. than to know about your trials and tribulations in the music industry and your degree like that, that nobody wants to talk about it so i will and i'm sure my girlfriend would love it if if i came and talked to you about it instead mm-hmm. absolutely she's great i'm sure she she enjoys it when i talk about it but only for about five minutes i know it'll be even worse when you guys are like out i don't know at chili's or something and you're like babe check this out this guy's gonna talk to me about the music and she's just gonna tune out <laughs> she's like finally yeah finally just <laughs> about how Billie eilish did her documentary like you said mm-hmm. and then released it a year or two after her album yep yeah Yep. That is the hardest one that I, cause I, sometimes I coach other musicians and other bands and the hardest one seems to be going back. Did I talk to you about the tantric orgasm? Yeah, I did. I, mm-hmm. I, I bring that up. I'm like, hold it off. Hold yep. it off. Yeah. Hold yep. it off. It's hard because you get excited about things and I, I get it. I get excited about things too, but I get excited about them when they sound perfect. And they're ready to be released. And I, that's when I, I, 
I've gotten good at that, actually. I used to be really bad at that, but I've gotten a lot better because it just pays off so much more. Mm-hmm. That it does. Okay, so I think we've finished chatting about Roderick. We talked about You'll Never Know. We talked about Save Me. We talked about Reimagine Save Me. There may be a Reimagined You'll Never Know. You guys are going to keep yep. cranking out some yep. sync. Sorry? But You'll Never Know. That's right. You'll Never Know. Yeah. Uh, you guys are going to keep cranking out some singles or maybe something coming up, but we don't quite know just yet. And then we'll bring you back on to chat about music business stuff. And also as well, we, yeah, we chatted about testing merchandise cause you're wearing some merchandise. Uh, and, I am. yeah. And then along the way we chatted about mistakes that bands make and something you've, you've mentioned in between. And we'll talk a lot about this when we do our chat though, is you said brand B R A N D. Yes. Uh, many times, which is really important. And it sounds like you've spent some time thinking about that ahead for a lot of, for a lot of bands. I say, you know what, if you can't think of what your brand is right now, that's okay. Yeah. But but still get as many of your ducks in a row as you can. Exactly. Yeah. Brand is important. Um, but it's also something that you can develop. So it's not, you know, I mean, what we're doing right now is not going to be something that, Hopefully, if we're still a band in 10 years, that we're going to be doing in 10 years. Because, you know, your brand key also gets stale. So it's going to develop over time and, and you're going to change as a person. So your brand changes and, you know, so you don't have to have it coming out of the gate, but have an idea of who you'd like to be and that that could be your brand. Work towards it. That's right, baby. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today, Jake. I, can I just plug one thing because I feel like it's very uh, ceremonious of the day? Mm-hmm. Please do. Uh, so we are doing our first shows, uh, and <laughs> surprisingly, weird enough, we're actually doing them in Canada. So uh, we are actually going to be playing in uh, Toronto in on September twenty fourth. Uh, Barry, is that how you say it? Barry, Ontario. Barry, Ontario. Barry. Yep. Right, yep on uh, September 25th and then Hamilton on September 26th. So that's our first three shows and we are going to be leaving the States for them, which sounds awful for our hometown fans and we sound like jerks, but the opportunity presented itself. So we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about the Barry crowd, but in Hamilton, you guys are going to rip it. They are that steel town right there, baby. Yeah. All right. We do well with steel town. Think of it like, <laughs> like Brooklyn. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that's a good reference for us. Yeah, it's a working man's town that has been rejuvenated uh, by hipsters. I love it. That sounds like home to me. Might yeah. as well be playing it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. John, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Of course. So we'll talk soon. <laughs>